Welcome to the Weekly Web Foot Review. We're excited about the Vegas Bowl, baby. The podcast that keeps you fresh with the latest happenings in the world of Oregon Ducks athletics. Oregon remains an extremely powerful national brand. Freddie and Luke and all the guys going back. Aaron, they've all had a big, big part of this. Now, here's your host. Our guys have done well in our approach, which is win the day. Jordan Schultz. For the 11th time in 12 years, Oregon opens the season ranked in the AP Top 25. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it, Duck fans? Sounds good to me, for sure. Welcome in to episode 16 of the weekly Webfoot Review from SB Nation and AddictedToQuack.com. Jordan Schultz sitting in with you, as always. And we have arrived, Duck fans. Oregon and Auburn are set to match up in the Advocare Classic at AT AT&T Stadium hours from now. All the anticipation and excitement we felt as fans brought us to this pivotal moment for Oregon football. If the Ducks win, they will garner more national respect than ever and set themselves up for a Pac-12 championship and a possible berth in the college football playoff if they continue to play well. If they lose, it would be a huge disappointment and put the team in a tough position to start a season with astronomical expectations. And at that point, Oregon will be trying to prove they're the second best team in the Pac-12 behind the Washington Huskies. This sounds like a terrible senior season for Justin Herbert to me. This is a must-win game for your Duckies. They are under a ton of pressure. And we finally, after talking about it for so long, get to see if they can handle it. Hit me up on Twitter at OnTheAirJordan with an O if you have any burning Ducks questions or any ideas for topics. I'd really love to interact with Oregon fans that are listening to the podcast. Tell your friends, please. We are on Apple Podcast and Spotify. So you can find us in either of those places and give the show a five-star rating if you enjoy it. I really appreciate the people that have been listening so far. We're going to spend episode 16 of the weekly Webfoot review breaking down everything that is Ducks v. Auburn Tigers. I'll tell you what you need to know about this huge matchup, and we'll also take a deep dive together into what your favorite college football team needs to do to get the win. I mean, they're basically opening the season with a de facto road game here. It's a lot easier for... Auburn fans to travel being so close to Arlington, Texas. Other questions have been asked over and over throughout the summer about Oregon. Will Justin Herbert live up to the hype this year? How will the most experienced offensive line in college football play against the Tigers? Will new defensive coordinator Andy Avalos bring his players to a whole new level after the departure of Jim Levitt? Will Oregon be able to come out of the gate strong? There are so many questions to answer before Oregon kicks off against Auburn. So let's get right to it on episode 16 of the weekly Webfoot Review. So Oregon fans, here is what you need to know. For the first time since the 2011 BCS National Championship game, and just the second time ever, Oregon is going to take on Auburn in the Advocare Classic at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington. The Ducks closing out head coach Mario Cristobal's first season on a three-game winning streak. Of course, the Red Box Bowl victory over Michigan State, the last actual game that the Ducks have played at this point. 
Oregon coming into this year is one of eight Power 5 teams that will start 2019 on a three-game win streak or better. So they got some momentum coming in from last year. Oregon starting the year at number 11 in the AP and 13 in the coaches' poll. Auburn close behind at number 16 in both polls. For the third time in its last 10 games dating back to last year, Oregon will be one of the featured teams on college game day. Marks the 25th time now in program history. That's just crazy. That is so many appearances on game day. Duck fans, did you ever think that that was possible? They're 14 and 10 all time when they are on game day. So a winning record, but not great. Let's be honest. Uh, Looking at the betting lines right now, Auburn currently a three and a half point favorite in most sports books and looking at ESPN. That's exactly what it says. Uh, Auburn three and a half points over Oregon right now. The over under point total is 56 and I'll just throw a quick prediction out there for now. Uh, I think that the ducks will beat the spread against a true freshman quarterback in Bo Nix. And I think a 28 point average that's 56 points total from, so both teams scoring around 28. I think that might be a bit high. I'm going to take Oregon to beat the spread. If I'm betting on this game, And I'm going to go for the under on the over-under point total. And I'll be honest, I'm probably going to go throw a 50 spot on this game. I really believe in my duckies. Hope you do too, duck fans. Oregon, though, hasn't won too much against ranked teams to open the season in the last 20 years. They've actually been pretty terrible at that. A win against number 16 Auburn would be the first time that that has happened since 2001 against Wisconsin. That is crazy. The Ducks are also 7-0, though, all-time when they play games in August. So how about that? A little bit uh, back and forth on those statistics makes you think that the Ducks really have a chance, but just so anemic against teams that are ranked in the top 25 to start the season in the last 20 years. This second-ever meeting against Auburn is going to mark the first time since 2013 that Oregon has faced a member of the SEC. Gosh, it's been a long time. Second-ranked Oregon defeating the Tennessee Volunteers pretty handily 59-14 to at Autzen Stadium. That was Marcus Mariota's career-high 456 yards and four-touchdown performance. Um, Oregon all-time against current SEC teams is 5-7. and seven. Of course, we mentioned it in the open. Five seniors leading Oregon's offensive line. They have a FBS best 153 combined starts entering 2019. You got seven different guys that are going to be playing significantly on the offensive line this year. Uh, Shane Lemieux, Calvin Throckmorton are two of 10 offensive linemen that have started 30 or more consecutive games. That has just been such a great offensive line that can stay healthy on the field. At least those two guys have just what a stable position that Justin Herbert has Uh, to work with here going into 2019. And last year, also behind Justin Herbert, C.J. Verdell was the only Power 5 player with 1,000 yards rushing and 300 yards receiving. Very versatile back for Justin Herbert to use. The only two other Ducks to ever accomplish this feat, running back-wise, Royce Freeman and Terrence Whitehead. Throwing it back there, Terrence Whitehead. Remember, he was really fast as well for Oregon. 
Speaking of the running backs, continuing that conversation, the Ducks have one of just 10 power five running back duos with over 700 running yards each last season. Travis Dye and CJ Verdell, they combined for over 2,000 yards last year. Also, nine 100-yard rushing performances, Oregon going 5-1 in one in those games. So when they're doing well on the ground and allowing Justin Herbert to maybe just get over the top of the defense, Oregon is going to do so well. Hopefully they can do that against Auburn, and we'll get deeper into that. Oregon is one of two teams in college football, FBS anyways, that had four players with three or more interceptions. This is obviously switching to the defensive side last year. They get three studs back, Thomas Graham Jr., Javon Holland, and Domador Lenore. The Ducks also joined by Cal in the Pac-12 as the only two teams in the country that returned three players that had more than three INTs last year. So the Ducks defense also experienced, of course, we've been talking about the seven starters that they're bringing back this year into 2019. That's going to pay dividends, and we didn't even mention Troy Dye. Oregon is the only FBS team to have four different players come away with two interceptions in a game last year. They're also the first power five team since Michigan State in 2013 to have four different guys come away with two picks in a game during the same year. During Justin Herbert's 28 career starts for Oregon, they are averaging just over 38 points a game. That's pretty good. And Oregon going to open the season with four members of its highest ranked recruiting class in school history. Kayvon Thibodeau, of course, the stud five-star defensive end. He is going to be playing basically as a co-starter at the defensive end spot with Gus Cumberland, a senior who pretty damn good in his own right, finished second last year on the team with four sacks. So that defensive line is going to be potent for the University of Oregon. And just to break down uh, exactly who's going to be playing for Oregon, we'll do this pretty quickly before we get to the keys to a duck victory against the Auburn Tigers in Arlington. So we'll start since we were just mentioning the D, Gus Cumberland and Kayvon Thibodeau kind of going back and forth uh, at co-starters at defensive end. Uh, the defense, of course, played a traditional 3-4 scheme last year, kind of going to be changing it up every play if necessary, going to have a lot of different looks on defense. So we'll see if everybody learned those schemes quick enough through camp and they're ready uh, to go with such a drastic change under new defensive coordinator Andy Avalos. Uh, the nose tackle, Jordan Scott, he is such a stud. He's actually also been fairly healthy for him. 24 consecutive starts for Oregon. Uh, also at the other line spot on the defensive tackle, Austin Fauliu. He's just another stud coming back as well. Three career force fumbles. So he's a kid to watch on the defensive line trying to get the ball and cause some turnovers up front for Auburn. Uh, the linebackers, of course, we mentioned Troy Dye. Coming back as the current leader in all of FBS in tackles, you got Bryson Young, the senior, coming back. Lamar Winston Jr. over playing the Sam linebacker. He's close to 100 tackles for his career. I mean, the defense is just stacked, folks. Then you go to the defensive backfield. Of course, we just mentioned Diamondor Lenore. One of those guys that had a bunch of interceptions last year, actually tied for fourth among active Pac-12 players in career interceptions. So he's going to be big this year. The freshman, Michael Wright, that arrived in spring ball, really had a great breakout performance uh, during that game. Uh, Javon Holland going to be back this year. He's so young, still a sophomore 
at the safety position. The other safety, Brady Breeze, a junior, played well for Oregon last year. And the other corner position, Thomas Graham Jr., second team all-conference last year. Just what a defense that they have playing this year for Oregon with seven guys coming back. And then freshmen like Michael Wright, uh, another young kid that's going to be playing a lot of sophomore, Daywood Davis. So so just so many guys that we get to talk about that are going to be successful for Oregon on the defensive end. And we're going to really see how they do against Auburn coming up on August 31st. So on the offense, the guys starting, of course, we'll start with the offensive line. Ten returning starters on offense overall. Left tackle, Panay Sewell, very young. The sophomore, Shane Lemieux at left guard. Uh, they actually could back up other positions as well. According to the depth chart, you got Jake Hansen, the senior at center, and Dallas Warmack, the right guard transfer from Alabama, and also recruited by Mario Cristobal when he was in Alabama. So really loves playing for Mario Cristobal. Good to see he came and bought in uh, to play Oregon football in his couple of uh, final years of eligibility, and hopefully he's a part of something special here this year. And then at right tackle, Calvin Throckmorton, of course, one of those guys that has made 38 consecutive starts on the offensive line. And then Brady Aiello is going to be playing uh, some significant time as well. All right, of course, the quarterback, Justin Herbert Sr., not expected to return and surprising a lot of people coming back to Oregon for his senior year on so many award watch lists, the third player in program history to earn an academic All-America first team honors in consecutive years. So he really loves the classroom. He really enjoys a science. He's just such a smart kid. He has just over 7,000 career passing yards all time, 63 career touchdowns through his career. And Justin Herbert's dad, we just mentioned how much he likes science. He is a University of Oregon. His dad is University of Oregon graduate from the biology department. So I think a lot of that, the family connection playing into Justin Herbert's decision to stay at the University of Oregon. Of course, his brother Patrick Herbert at tight end could be playing uh, with some wide receivers down as well. We'll see coming up against Auburn. At the running back position, of course, we just spoke about C.J. Verdell and Travis Dye. Prolific combination. Both guys can run so well and just keep defenses on their toes doesn't really matter which one's in there cj verdell has a little bit more power uh but travis die I, I mean he's so fast but he also has a little bit of finesse and cj verdell has a bit more power so that interchangeable combination is going to be lethal for the ducks of this season i can feel it the wide receivers and tight ends of course a lot of injuries at the wide receiver position brendan schooler going down at least six weeks you've got the freshman that was expected to make an impact Micah Pittman down for about six weeks. So Jawan Johnson, the one new player on the offense, uh, recruited as a graduate transfer, replacing Dylan Mitchell, who went off to the NFL draft, went to the Minnesota Vikings later than expected. But Jawan is expected to be Justin Herbert's go-to guy. Others that you're going to see a lot of with these injuries, uh, Brian Addison, Josh Delgado, the freshman, J.J. Tucker, a redshirt freshman, and the two other starters. But, you know, these guys are going to be interchangeable. Jalen Red and Johnny Johnson. So weapons for sure for Oregon. And they're pretty deep. I still think even with three injuries, they are pretty deep. And at the tight end position, you got Jacob Breland and Cam McCormick getting time. Also, the senior Ryan Bay. He actually started four games last year. So... There are guys that I think at the tight end position, Patrick Herbert, I just mentioned, could maybe play a little bit of the X, 
little bit of that slot wide receiver and be a weapon for Justin Herbert that's unexpected, something that opponents like Auburn don't have on tape. And I really think that Marcus Arroyo is going to have to get creative in that way while so many wide receivers are out for the next month and a half or so. All right, so that's a breakdown of Oregon's roster, at least a lot of the guys that you're going to be seeing. And that's pretty much what you need to know about Oregon's matchup against Auburn coming up. That is 4.30 on August 31st. Kickoff is on ABC. The game is going to be available for anyone that's got an antenna, so you have no excuse to miss the Oregon Ducks opening their season against the Auburn Tigers. Told you everything that you need to know about the game, but what are the keys to a Ducks victory? We'll break all those down next. Jordan Schultz sitting in with you for episode 16 of the weekly Webfoot review from SB Nation and AddictedToQuack.com. This is episode 16 of the weekly Webfoot review from SB Nation and AddictedToQuack.com. Jordan Schultz sitting in with you previewing Auburn v. Oregon. It is happening. We are hours away. So excited to finally get the season rolling. Hopefully, Oregon is going to start something special. So what are the keys to Oregon getting a victory on the road against the Auburn Tigers? And this is this is a tough one. There's a lot of traditional points that I'm going to talk about. But the tough thing is for Oregon is they have to go against a team that is so much closer to Arlington, Texas than they are. And fans haven't really traveled well for these games and Oregon hasn't really done well in these kinds of games. They've lost to LSU, if you remember. So it's just not always been a great time for Oregon in these situations. And they need to turn it around to get that level of national respect that I think that they deserve. I know you heard John Warren talking about that from KEJO Radio on episode 15 of the weekly Webfoot Review that Oregon and the Pac-12, they really... When they're doing well, they get a lot of credit. But when they're mediocre, they basically get no national credit. So very frustrating and something that has to change. And I think one of the ways that that can change is if Oregon wins in these situations against a very powerful SEC team. I mean, Gus Malzahn, long-tenured coach now in the SEC, and Auburn, nothing to sneeze at. So You've got to treat them with respect if Oregon can get the win over this team in a hostile environment. So what are the keys to victory for the Oregon Ducks? First, I think that they have to play with discipline and keep the mental mistakes to a minimum. And by the way, if you want to catch a couple of the last few interviews we've done, go download episode 14, 15 of the weekly Webfoot review. Actually, episodes basically 10 through 15 are previews or have previews in them of Pac-12 opponents coming up through the season. So feel free to go back uh, if you'd like and listen to some of those interviews. They're really great knowledge on the different opponents that Oregon is going to have coming up. But against Auburn, you're going to have to play with discipline. you got to keep the fumbles. you got to keep the penalties to a minimum. No stupid fumbles, in fact, would be better. It's important to take care of the football in this kind of environment. You are not guaranteed these chances to come back later in the game. You know, Bo Nix could go off or they could bring in their their redshirt freshman quarterback, Gatewood, to take over if Nix is having a bad day. And if Oregon doesn't get their crap together at the time, then they may not be able to just come back late. They had chances to do that last season. Thankfully, they were able to win some games that way. But 
Opening strong is so important for Oregon and not only just opening the entire season strong, but the first quarter of the season strong, specifically the first quarter. One of the Ducks biggest challenges in 2018 was coming out ready to go at kickoff. In Arizona, down in the desert last year, they looked terrible. That was in October. They had the ball to start the game, ended up losing by almost 30. Yeah, that was bad. They didn't score against Utah until the second quarter of that game, and they ended up losing to the Utes by a touchdown with a backup quarterback at the helm for them. And who can forget, if you are a true Duck fan, their scoreless first half against Mike Leach in Washington State. That just sucked. The Ducks must come out early with that throat-stomping mentality towards their opponent. Another key is Marcus Arroyo and how he calls plays for the Ducks offense. I've had a major issue with what he did last year. Part of their inability to start those games strong was, in my opinion, because Arroyo was unwilling to waver from his game plan. And thankfully, I've been hearing in the interviews from fall camp that he's been a lot more creative with his offense. So hopefully he's moved on from being so attached to his game plan. I mean, I understand the first quarter isn't the time to throw out the whole playbook and start over, but a good offensive coordinator, will he'll be able to spot that he needs to change it up after a series or two. If you see that it's not working, if you see that the defense is on you, then you know that you got to throw something in there early that they weren't expecting. And maybe even you weren't expecting if you're not moving the ball, but you just decide to stick to your original plan based on the film that you saw, you are a weak coordinator and you're going to lose games for your head coach. And eventually you're going to lose your job. The Ducks and their coaching staff need to avoid these mental mistakes. That's just flat out a mental mistake on a coach's part. Kind of speaking to that, a 1A point to that, if you will, I'm also interested to see if Justin Herbert has more freedom this season uh, to check the play and change it at the line of scrimmage or, or if he has actually gotten to that ability. I don't know if he was limited doing that last year because Oregon didn't necessarily feel comfortable with him doing that at the line, but I would really like to see Justin Herbert identify something on the defense a bit more than he did last year and be able to change it up or, or be able to do a hot route or something. I don't mean to bag on Justin Herbert right now, but, but I've seen guys doing that at the age of like 15 or 16. And I know high school offenses are very simple, not nearly as complex, especially as what the ducks are running, but come on, You've been playing football for some time now, Justin. You should be able to to check the line and see something or an advantage that you may have and change the play and get where you need to go. And I think against Auburn, that is going to be completely necessary. This point is pretty simple. Oregon needs to win the battle up front. Against an SEC team like Auburn, of course we're going to talk about it. This game has to be won in the trenches, and most traditionally are anyways in football. Oregon, of course, going through a transition period in which the size of their offensive line increasing quite a bit. They've always had a lot of size on defense. Uh, example, Haloti Nada, anybody? Kid was huge. And I guess I shouldn't really call him a kid anymore. He's now a retired NFL player. But when he came in ready to play for the University of Oregon as a freshman, he was something else. And he turned a lot of eyes around the nation, obviously, why he was a first-round pick. So they've always had size on defense, but... The recent makeover of the offensive front by Mario Cristobal coming from Alabama in the mind of the SEC has put the Ducks in position to be competitive with 
if not better than a lot of these SEC teams. Justin Herbert is going to need the time to throw against an experienced Auburn defense. That's really the battle that's going to be interesting to watch. And I think the other key to the game, other than just the trenches in general, is the offense on Oregon's side versus the defense on Auburn's side. Justin Herbert is going to need a lot of time to throw against an experienced Auburn D. And this is really a chance for Oregon to show the nation that they are bigger and better suited to compete and to be there at the end of the year, as well as the beginning of the year with the SEC. And as far as Justin Herbert himself goes, he really needs to establish the passing game uh, very quickly against Auburn. And he needs to show the Tigers that he's on the same page with Jawan Johnson, his new go-to guy. Even though you lost Schooler, even though you lost Micah Pittman, you've got to be there with Johnny Johnson. You've got to use those other weapons and maybe the tight ends a little bit more. I hope that Travis die. Also, very fast, as we've said, lines up at the slot. Let's get some interesting looks here that Auburn's not expecting for Justin Herbert to work with. I think you could surprise him. So we already mentioned this a little bit, the defense, a whole new look this year. New defensive coordinator in Andy Avalos replacing Jim Levitt. He was hired away from Boise State to replace Jim Levitt. The Ducks planning to throw a number of different schemes out there during games as opposed to sticking with a traditional 3-4. I'm interested to see how this is going to work out against Auburn. This is a pretty immediately huge test for Oregon and a new plan. And they need everything to click on the defensive side of the ball. Are they ready or are they going to experience some growing pains? If they do, got to expect trouble for Oregon. They have seven guys returning though, seven of 11. So as long as they did the work in the offseason, learning their assignments, studying when they weren't to practice, then they're going to be fine. But... Number 16, Auburn is their first test. They are thrown right into the fire, aren't they? Thankfully, Troy Dye, one of the best linebackers in the nation, senior coming back, leads all active Power 5 players with 313 career tackles and has 17 games in his career with 10-plus tackles. So they've got quite the stud to lean on on the defense, that's for sure. Hopefully, they know their stuff, though. And that main job for the defense is going to be putting pressure on freshman quarterback Bo Nix, a true freshman that is going to be making his first ever collegiate start in a huge game. You can watch all the film in the world on your opponent, but it's so much different than when you step into the backfield and get ready to take a snap. And if they do somehow overwhelm Nix, the Ducks defense does, and they chase him out of the game, well, Oregon has to be ready to contend with a second quarterback, Rusher freshman Joey Gatewood. So is the D ready to face two different quarterbacks? I think so. I think that Mario Cristobal has gotten them ready for that, and I think that they expect that. And I actually don't think that that's that big of an issue. You heard me say it to John Warren on episode 15. I think that if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. I think the experience on Oregon's D and the fact that they're going to return so many starters, like we just said, just gives them that win on paper over Auburn's quarterbacks, good or not, freshmen or, or seniors for that matter. I think an experienced D against a senior quarterback for Auburn, I think that would be hard for a very experienced college football quarterback to pick apart. Of course, this is the SEC. They're going to need to worry a lot more about getting through a big offensive line to even get to the quarterback. So we'll see if they can establish some size up front in the trenches on the defensive side. And since they have a true freshman quarterback, Bo Nix, starting, 
you got to capitalize on when he makes mistakes because I think he's going to make a couple. I mean, he's a former five-star prospect. Sure, he was a, a dual-threat quarterback or the top-rated dual-threat quarterback in 2019. I, I know that he's supposedly really good. He's not just your average freshman coming in. But in his first ever game under these lights, in an NFL stadium, by the way, if he does make any errors, the Ducks have to be there. Whether it be a fumble when he takes off to run because he's going to take off to run. If he's a dual threat, like people are saying, and Gus Malzahn wants to go back to uh, running the quarterback more. And by the way, Gus Malzahn is going to be calling the plays for the first time for Auburn in three seasons. So it's going to be interesting to see if that has an effect on the game as well. I think it might. And he's got to be on the same page with these freshman quarterbacks that are going to be under the big lights for the first time. And just one other quick point on turnovers. Uh, Auburn is really good when they play turnover-free football under Gus Malzahn. They are 19-5 and when they give up no turnovers. So they need to win the turnover battle. Oregon does. Otherwise, it's going to be a long night for the Ducks against a freshman quarterback. And since we're talking about freshmen, on the other side of the coin, the Ducks are going to need to lean on their stud freshmen that we've been talking about all offseason on the weekly web foot review uh, to have success against Auburn. Will these kids be ready for the biggest game of their lives so far? One reason why people have been so high on Oregon this year coming in is because of this incoming freshman class. By far the best Oregon has ever had. Mario Cristobal really stocking this cupboard. And like we pointed out when we were looking at the roster, that they're really there to help with depth and maybe a couple of guys not expected to get some playing time at the wide receiver position in camp are going to be thrust into the spotlight now. You do expect guys like Kayvon Thibodeau to affect the game from the start. He's going to be a monster. He's going to be the target for offenses when they line up against Oregon to make sure that they're stacking two guys against him. He's the best player in this recruiting class, and if he can get a sack or two against Auburn, the Ducks are going to be in pretty good shape uh, getting towards a win. I got to be honest with myself, though. This game really could go either way. Uh, ESPN FBI is saying Auburn has a 53, so almost 54% chance to win the game against Oregon. So basically, this is a near-even matchup. Who will play better? Who will make less mistakes? Who wants it more? It's pretty simple. I think Oregon, if they come out and play mistake-free football, this game is theirs. I think they have the better team. And if I had to throw a prediction out there, score-wise, I am taking Oregon to beat the Auburn Tigers 27-20. to All right, coming up, we'll wrap up episode 16 of the weekly Webfoot Review with my favorite part of the show this week in Ducks history. Do you remember what happened this week? Five years ago, Duck fans, I'll fill you in next. Jordan Schultz sitting in with you for SB Nation and AddictedToQuack.com. This is episode 16 of the weekly web foot review from SB Nation and AddictedToQuack.com. Jordan Schultz sitting in with you, getting ready. Oregon v. Auburn hours away. So excited to preview this matchup. We've been talking all kinds of different keys to the game. I really think Oregon can get the win. I truly believe that all these freshmen coming in are going to take care of the holes at wide receiver that we didn't necessarily expect were going to be there in fall camp. I think Justin Herbert is going to have a Cinderella special year. I know that he's not the best quarterback in college football, but he's one of the top five. I truly think that he is 
I think he's better than Trevor Lawrence. I don't think he's better than Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, I really want to see Justin, like I said, switching at the line. If he makes better decisions than he does last year, throws into coverage a lot less than he does last year. If we see that growth here in just the last few months in this offseason, uh, maybe uh, hopefully he's taken extra time uh, to watch some film, not just of his opponents, but of himself and learn where his weaknesses are. If he can take that next step, then maybe he can get to the same level as to attack of Iloa this year. But just getting the win against Auburn is a great step towards that and a great step for Oregon in hopefully getting to not just a Pac-12 championship game, but the four-team college football playoff. All right, we got to get to this week in Ducks history. My favorite part of the podcast, we take some time to highlight a special player or moment that happened around this date whenever we do the podcast this week in Ducks history. So five years ago this week, the Oregon Ducks opened up their football season August 27th, 2014 against the South Dakota Coyotes. That was an easy win, though. 64 to 13. Tyner and Marshall in the backfield. Man in motion is Marshall. Mariota back to throw. He's gone deep for the bundle. Has a man. Pass complete. On the run is Dwayne Stanford. Can he beat the defenders? He will. Touchdown, Oregon. The following week against number seven, Michigan State. A much tougher challenge, of course. Oregon making a statement with a memorable comeback. 46 to 27, the final score at Austin Stadium with college game day in attendance for that. Second down and eight. Mariota pump fakes. He's got a wide open receiver. Allen, touchdown! The 2014 season was a special one for the Ducks. If you forgot, that was the last time Oregon made it to the national championship, which, of course, they eventually lost to Ohio State. The Ducks made a name for themselves, though, at the beginning of that season. Marcus Mariota leading the charge. Also fellow studs on offense like Devin Allen, Braylon Addison, Royce Freeman. They worked their way up to number two in the rankings before losing to Arizona at home. They were still strong after that. And with computers being dropped out of the equation in the four-team college football playoff in effect, their strong season led them to getting a spot in that college football playoff, especially after that slam down by Oregon over Florida State in the Rose Bowl. Jameis Winston led Florida State Seminoles, by the way. Still love how badly Marcus Mariota beat Jameis Winston in that game. And then to see Jameis Winston drafted over Marcus Mariota, just ridiculous to me. But so special as a Ducks fan to have that memory. And that was part of this season, this 2014 season. So they were strong. Their smallest margin of victory after that loss to Arizona was 20. Up until they actually eventually lost to the national championship to Urban Meyer and Ohio State. That was Mark Helfrich's second season as Ducks head coach, uh, which was a couple of years before fans started to lose confidence in him. But five years ago, during the last week of August in 2014, the Oregon Ducks were ranked number three in the country and seemed to be invincible. That's going to do it for episode 16 of the weekly Webfoot Review. Stay tuned. I'm going to update you on the latest basketball news on episode 17, as well, of course, as breaking down the Oregon-Auburn game. I'm going to have a lot to say about how they played 
And it'll be a fun time next week. We really start to get into the flow of the college football season, starting to break down Oregon's last matchup, getting to preview their next game against it'll be Nevada. So waiting a few more weeks for the Pac-12 season to start. Uh, make sure you hit me up on Twitter, on the Air Jordan with an O. If you have any burning ducks questions about Oregon, Auburn, or anything beyond Auburn and their season, or if you have any ideas for topics, you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And please, if you like the show, give it a five-star rating. It really helps the algorithms uh, punch us to the top of search results when we have a lot of five-star ratings. So really enjoying being here for you, college football fans. You Duck fans, I'm going to be having fun with you all season long, hopefully breaking down a win every single week. I think it's possible. I think Oregon has the talent to be there every single week and be the better team. If they play well, there is no reason they shouldn't be. I hope I'm right. This has been episode 16 of the weekly Web Foot Review. I'll talk to you next week, sports fans. Hope the Ducks start their season off the right way. I'm Jordan Schultz, sitting in with you for SB Nation and Addicted to Quack.com. Go Ducks! The Weekly Web Hunter.